Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast, where we dive into the melding of fathership and entrepreneurship with your host, the original Biz Dad himself, Adam Labar. Adam is a Christian, a former Air Force officer, a dad to three amazing kids, a coach, a real estate investor, and a business owner. On this podcast, he'll explore the unique journeys of amazing dads who are striving for greatness in both business and family. So whether you're a dad who is an aspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business owner, or simply a man striving to be a better dad, get ready as the Biz Dad brings you conversations to inspire, challenge, and equip you to be a better dad and entrepreneur. And now, here's Adam. Welcome to the Biz Dad Podcast. Um, my name is Adam Labar. I am uh, interviewing today Hendra. I did not ask you how to pronounce your last name. That was great of me beforehand. How do you actually pronounce your last name so I don't check it up? Uh, Tambunan. Tambunan. Okay. That's uh, pretty much what it looks like. Yeah. All right. So Hendra Tambunan. Um, I am super excited to chat with him. He is a, uh, a fellow real estate investor and a Christian. Um, so I think we're going to have a lot to be able to talk about. Um, so that said, Hendra, if you can, go ahead and introduce yourself. Um, tell us about uh, who you are, who your family is, um, a little bit about your business, and then uh, we'll go from there. Yep. Well, thanks for having me, Adam. I mean, my name is Hendra Tambunan. I'm originally from Indonesia. I came to the United States as a foreign student when I was finished after finishing high school and, you know, went to San Francisco State, uh, live in the Bay Area, and then pretty much been living there since then. Um, I'm married, you know, with, and then with my wife uh, for almost 25 years now. And with one wife and one kid, you know, is a 15-year-old going to be turning into 16. He's a sophomore in high school. Yeah, nice. and I do uh, real estate investing. So what you said, I even though I still have a W two job, uh, that's eventually that's the side hustle like everybody's doing in their real estate investing that I'm really passionate about. And I think more than it, real estate in, investing itself, I consider myself as like you know, yeah, have an entrepreneurial itch that just want to continue, just like finding things. What's next? What's next? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I I had a, a a similar. I was always looking for what was next. Even when I was in the military, I bounced multiple jobs in the military. I was like, well, I want to do this, and I became good at that. I was like, okay, well, now I want to do this, and I became good at that. It was I could never stop that that itch, you know. Um, and now even even that I'm out and I've got multiple business stuff going on, it's just the same thing. So I completely understand and respect that. Um, what is your uh, what's your W two right now? So I'm actually a technology consultant, though. So uh, if you're familiar with like this CRM named Salesforce, that's what I do. Uh -huh. I've been okay. pretty much just like throughout my career. That's what I do, like a CRM consulting, uh, implementing CRM for nice. many enterprise businesses. Yeah. Well, you're doing the right business now, too, because there's a plenty of people inside of real estate that really love to have a good CRM. So that's uh, that's awesome. That's, that's, that's really stuff. true. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. All right. Well, uh, so married, one kid, twenty-five years. That is, uh, that's phenomenal. I, I, especially nowadays, looking at the way that marriages go, I'm always happy to talk to people who've been married for a long time um, and that are are pushing through any of the because we all know life's challenges are going to come at us regardless. So, uh, but pushing through and actually saying, you know what, we can face these challenges together, and we're going to be a much stronger team doing it. Um, uh, so, you know, well, I'll probably ask you a few questions about that because I'm at half of that right now at 13 years. So, um, you know, I've got a lot of a lot of growing to be able to do. So I look forward to hearing a bit more about that. But um, 
I want to rewind. You said you, you immigrated here um, uh, after high school, so 17, 18 years old. Um, tell me yeah. about what it was like before that, growing up in Indonesia. Tell me about your family, your parents, and how uh, what was life growing up in, uh, in Indonesia? So, yeah, just like a you know, typical family. You know, my, a little bit sorry about my, my, my dad. My dad was actually was born and raised in eastern part of Java, though. And then when he was pretty young, almost like, 22 years old, he was being sent by his dad, which is my grandpa, to capital city of Jakarta. That's how he knows, uh, you know, my mom and got married. I was born and raised in Jakarta since then. Um, so, with that kind of mindset, though, I think he, he instilled to me, like, don't be afraid to hustle. Because mm-hmm. when he moved from, uh, you know, small city and then to the big city, he just pretty much just opened up the way. He become like a trailblazer for his family. He, he try everything, you know, make things work so he can open up, you know, the, the way for the rest of the, you know, the rest of my, my grandpa family to move, like in, including all of these um, younger siblings, right? So he he pretty much put a value, you know, some 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 type of value in me. Uh, basically, he said, like, hey, everything can be done as long as you hustle. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, we used to word hustle. He said, like, hey, every, 1%. Talent. The remaining is just your your hard work, pretty yeah. much. So he always remind me of that one. Like your talent doesn't mean anything unless you put the work into it. And that mm-hmm. kind of the value that always motivate me and challenge me when I'm growing up. Like you know, you gotta keep trying, keep trying. Uh, you know, um, so that kind of mindset, that value that he planted uh, in my life and and also my in my siblings' life since the beginning, since we we're very young. Awesome. Yeah, that um, I forgot who it was that said uh, um, success is 1% uh, inspiration, 99% perspiration, right? So very similar, like it, it takes, it's, it's a lot of hard work to get to get to do that. So um, uh, the, so your grandpa, um, did you say sent your dad to Jakarta? Uh, That's right. Yeah. So with the goal of planting, planting some roots, so the rest of the family can come? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Man, all right. So, what did what did that look like? Why why did your grandpa choose to do that, and um, why your dad versus? I mean, you said he had other siblings versus any other sibling. I think just finding a, a better life, though. I never really. I mean, I never got a chance to ask my grandpa or my my dad like why, but I, I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure that I think given that back in the in the seventies, eighties, Jakarta is becoming like a you know. A lot of opportunity, like the biggest, the biggest city in Indonesia back then is more, so more developed than the rest of the city in the country. Mm-hmm. So obviously, it's a lot more opportunity to open up a business uh, for doing trades. Uh, given that you you grew up in a smaller city, then you don't have to be given the opportunity because back in the seventies in Indonesia, especially in Asia, it's pretty true that the development is not really, you know. Uh, it just well distributed all throughout the nation, just like what United States seeing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so awesome. yeah. yeah, it's very concentrated in Jakarta in this case. So obviously, there's yeah. a better opportunity. Okay, very good. So, what did what did your dad decide to do then when he was setting the roots in and and building it out? What what was it that he did in Jakarta? Well, believe it or not, I mean, the first thing I did is just basically just work for somebody else. I mean, and I thought like when well, working for somebody else, like going to be like an employee, but. He actually started from like literally just doing physical labor too. I mean, when mm-hmm. you're 20, 22 years old, he, he was, you know, 
he just knowing someone and then just working in hard labors, doing, you know, lifting up some of the, he worked one of the stationary stores, just packing stuff, packaging, you know, delivery and thing like that. I mean, if you think about it, that's just pretty hard labor, given that you're yeah. 21, 22 years old, uh, the only family, pretty much the only person in the, in the family to live over there, you got nobody else to turn to. So mm-hmm. at least willing to hustle for that kind of effort. That's awesome. And then what, um, as you were growing up, kind of what, what, is that mostly what he was doing or what did he ended up establishing after that um, as you were growing up? So, and and then he started looking into a few more businesses and he ended up becoming like a, a distributor for one of the industrial yarn company in, in, okay. in Surabaya, which is the, the city that we, he, you know, he was born and raised. Uh, and then pretty much just become like a, distributor to all the manufacturing uh, you know shoe manufacturing uh, uh, cement manufacturing throughout indonesia so so it, it evolved obviously up you know from there okay that's that's cool so um as you were growing up uh how did the conversation come up to say hey let's uh, i want to i want to go to uh, go to america to go to school how did that kind of uh, conversation come up was it your idea their idea it's a little bit of both. Um, I think obviously he, after he knows like what he's been through, he obviously mm-hmm. as, a, as a good dad, he's like, I don't want you to go experience what I experienced. I think what I experienced just because I'm lack of education, you know, I'm, I'm not really good enough trait. So I want you to obviously go in for the higher learning and, you know, and let's think about what next step. And obviously also I'm looking to study overseas because that's going to be a better opportunity for me to expand and go from there. So it's become like a mutual um, decision. Like I'm going to be going to school overseas and then uh, expand and then obtain a degree overseas. Okay. But knowing that, you know, my dad is also like, Hey, you know, knowing my personality, he knows from the beginning, like if I'm going to send my son to overseas, there's very little chance he's going to be coming back to Indonesia. And mm-hmm. that's what, he knows, you know, pretty much from the beginning. That's why I'm yeah. going to end up staying over here. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's uh, um, it's one of those that, you know, you always can hope, but your dad, looking, I mean, you know, I don't want you to experience what I experienced, right? That that being the thing that says, hey, I'm going to drive this forward. Like, I would imagine that brought, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, brought some joy in his life, like a little bit of solace, right? Knowing that, the solace meaning like you, you were, you were probably not coming back, but man, he's going to be doing something that, that I would have never been capable of doing. Like how many times have you, have you guys chatted about that afterwards? Like, especially later on in life, or was that not really something that ever came up? Not really something that came up though, but I remember that, um, you know, I, he obviously visited me after, you know, um, a few, you know, after a few years, I've been at the States, got a chance, you know, um, when we bought a house that I'm, I'm living right now, I was able to, you know, invite him over and then just looking at it. I know that he's he just finding a joy. I mean, typical mm-hmm. Asian family, he never said, like, hey, I love you. I never really care yeah. about you, but you can see the immense, immense joy, that unspeakable joy. Like, hey, you know, I'm glad that I, you know, I, I sent you over here and really proud what you did. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, I, uh, um, I would imagine that it would be like a, just a, uh, an overjoyous moment and like you said that like typical asian family though probably kept it all inside and like yep stern face still and just but man that's uh that's got to feel good so good for you man that's yeah. that's awesome um and to me i mean that's uh, you know i am still 
whether it's a popular opinion or not, still a firm believer that America is by far like that country that people want to go to, to get a better life, to strive for something better. Um, and I, I want us to always be that place that we're able to, to bring people in and give them a better life than that, that they would have had and where they're from. Um, as somebody from another country, I'm sure you could respect and understand, you know, what it's like to be in other countries. And as somebody who's been around all over the world, I, uh, um, yeah, I, I, definitely see the value of this country and where what it can what it could bring to folks now san francisco i'm not sure i see the value in that at the moment but uh i would love to learn a little bit more about your thoughts there but uh but yeah san francisco scares me right now on what what that has been turning into but man oh man you know, i think we have the same preach i appreciate the same opinion about how to resign being yes <laughs> i could really hope that they could change because i'm told that it's such a like used to be just like such an amazing city and i wish i would have gone um when, back when it was but now it just it seems to be somewhere like there's no way that i would want to bring my family to come visit in san francisco um you know like I, I don't know it like the back of my hand like you probably do on where to go and where not to go but man oh man it just it seems that it's uh it's been a, a rough place to the last few years so yeah yeah um all right so uh raising kids over there uh we'll we'll kind of go back into that um uh you you have a 15 year old kid um going into you said sophomore is a sophomore now he's a sophomore right now yeah all right what does he think of uh of of dad and and america and um you know what what he's got going on have you kind of chatted with him a little bit about i mean i'm assuming you have about what it was like for you growing up compared to him or how how's that sort of conversation going so obviously, I've been, you know, trying to rehash what I learned from my dad, right? Yeah. The upbringing, and you know, and, and some sometimes it, it went really well, and when it clicks, you know, when you have like the moment that he's opening up, and you can just connect, and it's just like open up, like tell me more, tell me more, yeah. and you just want to dive into it. Um, there's also the time that it doesn't click, like hey, you live in a different era, like you know, this doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I gotta learn, obviously, try to connect and find that moment, and then be be always ready, especially in the teenager, right? I mean, there. I mean, I remember that one time that um, I, I was picking up. And this was middle middle school a few years ago, and I, I picking up from you know from school. I just simple as like trying to strike a conversation. Are you hungry? Like, no. Do you want to eat? Not really. Like, you want to get a you want to get a cheesesteak? Sure. Okay, and then the moment I we step into the cheesesteak store, he just like opened it up. Have you ever heard about the the cryptocurrency and and so forth? And just like opened it up, he's like a totally different person. And I thought like maybe because he was hungry, angry, but no, he wasn't even angry. I just like I don't know what happened. He's just caught in the moment, like just like click, and then that's where mm-hmm. I can start pulling in and then engage in conversation. That's going to be a very good quality time to engage. Yeah. You, you know because. I mean, the time you never know when you're going to come, but especially with the teenager these days. Yeah. You're just going to I mean, be ready. With a, with a teenage boy, it's probably going to be over food. Like, that's, let's be honest. Like, he's probably eats a lot. I mean, my, my boys already, I can't believe how much they eat. So I, I don't even know what I'm going to do when they're, you know, both teenagers. But, uh, uh, what did you find? So, you know, it, how many, boy, how do I want to word this? So it was over food in this particular case that you're talking about, right? And then, um, uh, yeah. what what did you find were since then? Have you tried to do the same thing with food, or tried to do various different things? Like, how, how have you tried to break down that barrier to have some more of those conversations? I think the the barrier it became it lowers 
from our trip that we recently, both of us went to a mission trip together and then we spent two weeks and, and, and then, you know, a mission trip, that's where we have nowhere else to go except a part of the group. Mm-hmm. And we start seeing, you know, I, we start seeing each other, like, you know, our relationship, like, Hey, I'm trying to help him. And then also he, he see me like, I'm, you know, I'm trying to guide him too. And I'm also mm-hmm. need to learn to accept that he's a, he's a grown person that trying to mature and find his own way, you know, because uh, the upbringing for me, again, from the Asian culture, like this is the way it is. This is the upbringing of it. You gotta, you gotta follow it. But we're in a different era that like I need to guide and coach, but let him find his own way, you know, and then, and then, and then, guiding him instead of like lecturing him i mm-hmm. think that's the uh, becoming like a an aha moment to me it's like an, as a father like you know i cannot dictate but i can only guide and coach so he become a better person on his own yeah yeah for sure i mean it's especially now at this age like where uh, i was talking to anthony graf and his um i don't know when his podcast will come out but um uh, he ch- chatted about the age age ranges, like you know, when you're looking at like zero to five, it's a lot of that, uh, um, like that bonding type of stuff, and that like, and um, and then you're you're working into the discipline side of the house, and then you work into the connection side of the house, right? As a on a uh, when you're much closer to like the 15 years of age, where you know if you've missed out on the discipline and you're trying to do the discipline at 15, it's completely different. Like it does not, there's not much success in that as it is if you've if the discipline is already established you're having those conversations it's a lot easier to to grow that out um so i think that you know especially at 15 years old and granted this is coming from a guy who doesn't have a 15 year old kid just a guy who's been 15 years old before uh so take it with a grain of salt just my thought process here um but uh um the way i usually am trying to look at it is my kids are little businesses um and my goal as the CEO right now is to make sure that I'm I'm I've got the like at the ages they're at now very firm established you know understanding of where this is supposed to go good SOPs I've got I'm running the business the way it needs to be ran I'm very integrated I'm very understanding what's happening <clears throat> as I excuse me as I grow up as they grow up a little bit older become a little bit more hands off work on the more strategic level type of stuff I'm not in the business anymore I'm more working on the business and then once they are adults like on their way out of the house I'm I want to be a board member I like. I want them to call me when there's a problem in the business, but they get to run their own business. They're now the CEOs of their own life. Um, and I just get to be a board member. So you're, I think, at that point now um, where you're more like the strategic hands of getting ready to transition to letting this person go and run their own business. And I think that's a, um, uh, I don't know. I, I love every every stage. Um, so, you know, I but that sounds like a fun stage to me where you get to kind of run through it. So um, that with that, that thought process I just said, can I, let me know, walk me through what it was like growing up or raising this 15 year old. Like where, where were those ups and downs? Where did you find that you, you know, you should have done um, something a little bit sooner than you did, or, um, you know, some of the pitfalls that popped up, let's kind of break through some of that. Yeah. So I think you bear up a very good point, like the involvement of the parenting, right. Parenting mm-hmm. style. Cause many times like we, 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 we caught up like zero to five. Oh, they're cute. They're adorable. But at yeah. the point, like you have to realize, like, hey, it's no longer adorable. It's no longer tolerable, right? I mean, for example, mm-hmm. like you, you 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 saw your kids like 
running around in the underwears. Like, you know, when you're three years old, it's fine. You, you know, it's cute, yeah. it's adorable. The moment like they become like eight years old, you have to become like, hey, you gotta put your boundaries. Like we get mm -hmm. involved too. But at one point, like you gotta start realizing like to what point that you wanna educate them and coach them or and you, you, you know, the way you interact with them need to be evolved. I, I, I mean, remember like a couple of years ago, I started telling people, uh, my son, like, you know, they're, you, you know, you evolve, I need to evolve too. But at the same time, mm -hmm. we need to realize like things that you did when you were little is no longer becoming fun, but becoming annoying or maybe yeah. perceived like immature for some people. So that's where I can guide you, but you need to let me do it. And then you also need to, be open to do that and also you need to tell me to what degree that you want me to told you that so mm -hmm. that then we can help balancing on each other because otherwise this is going to be it's going to be a war every day right dealing with yeah. teenager I'm, i've seen people like you know I, i've seen uh, my friend um uh, putting a facebook post at one time like hey you know 14 year old tantrum throwing tantrum is going to be you know mm. 10 times x of the seven year old tantrum and yeah. I, I believe that you know, if we don't really yeah. evolve as a parent too. So I think we understand, respect the boundaries, respecting that they're also turning into an adult and they try to find their themselves, mm -hmm. um, trying to identify themselves as they're growing up, you know, finding their identity, then we just need to guide them and coach them from there. Yeah. No. So you, you mentioned a couple of times, like the, the boundaries and the, the conversation side. Um, uh, when did you kind of start to realize, hey, I need to have more conversations and talk about these boundaries? When did that start to happen for you? I attribute to my wife because many times, like, you know, when I'm having like a, a pretty heated conversation with my son, mm -hmm. she just basically just being an observer and then everything is done. I mean, she's the one that usually tell me like you know, providing feedback. And that's part of the involvement too. It's like, you know, yeah. many times I'm feedback to her and she's also providing feedback to me sure. we help each other to grow as a parent and and as a husband and wife like how we need to grow eventually balancing each other up um so the whole family's unit can grow together mm -hmm. you know and in some cases she's also the one that providing a, a feedback to my son when the time is right like hey this is what you're trying to say or me you know um sharing it to my sons like hey this is what your mom meant to be you know uh, she didn't mean any harm um so i think becoming like a, a there's also going to be another rear view mirror just not going to be like one way yeah because i i grew up in a in a culture that it could be a one way especially in the asian culture mm -hmm. uh it could be like parent ways the right way but you know i, I need to learn like you know we need to evolve and grow also in mm -hmm. our parenting style and parenting approach yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, it, to me, it's extremely important for all of us to kind of look at the way we were raised, the way life is right now, and kind of assess is the way we were raised the right way? Or what what can I take away from that? You know, like like you, like instilling still, you know, hard work and dedication. That's something that your dad was, was instilling in you. And obviously, that's something that you want to instill in your kids. Uh, but at the sacrifice of what, right? Like we need to make sure we're not sacrificing some other like an actual relationship with our children because of yep. you know the, what we're trying to instill um but i think the biggest thing i wanted to harp on on what you said was um the communication between you and your wife uh you know you 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 said something and I, i'm i don't know you could let me know if this is more if it's very like common that that you do this way or if this is just the one time but um 
you had mentioned like your wife would observe and then afterwards you guys would talk about it. Was that something you guys already like previously established? Like, Hey, we're going to talk about this. And like, if there's something that needs to be discussed, it's not going to be in front of the kids. We're going to discuss it away from the kids or how did that, you know, how did that come out? It, it's sort of like a, not really like we, we intentionally like, this is what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. It is going by default and then it becoming a, a good, a feedback, right? I'm, I'm learning, you know, the last few years, like a feedback is a gift, something mm-hmm. that I have to reflect on it and, and, and grow from it. So, you know, it, it could be tough to take it because you feel like, hey, this is the way I was brought up. This is the only way I know how to do it. Yeah. But at the same time, I need to see it, uh, uh, the, the, the positive thing out of this and seeing for the long range, this is what, you know, what is the intention, right? The intention mm-hmm. is not going to be harming me, it's just more like making the family get together even closer. Yeah. And with that kind of mindset, then by default, it just evolves and then becoming more recurring these days. Awesome. Yeah, I think that the getting the feedback from your spouse is extremely important. Like for me, like, and I, I've said it on almost... <laughs> probably half the podcasts but like god number one wife number two kids number three so if if i'm not and then anything else below right the business and all of the other stuff right so um if i'm not putting god first it's very difficult to put you know to take care of my wife the way i need to if i'm not taking care of the wife the way i need to then i'm definitely not taking care of the kids the way i need to so having that communication between my wife and i you know that's that's something that that we actually established uh, early on was we won't have disagreements about what to do with the kids in front of the kids right like if we're, if i'm doing something that she doesn't agree with she'll bring it up to me later if she's doing something that i don't yeah. agree with i'll bring it up later unless it's something like hey i I just told the kids they can run outside and go play and then like they start to go out my wife's like no 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 what are you doing going outside like <laughs> it's okay i just told them they can run outside in the rain it's okay you know so that's those are like the few times it'll happen but um like if if i'm overbearing on some stuff which can happen to me. I'm a former military guy with a lot of years in service. So uh, I could tend to be a little overbearing from time to time and uh, raise my voice. Um, She'll tell me afterwards, Hey, you know, I think you're doing this with the kids and I may not even, it may not even be clicking in my head, but getting that feedback, like I even put, wrote that down. Feedback is a gift. I think that that is a phenomenal way of looking at feedback because it is a gift and that's only it's only a gift if we're willing to receive it and willing to actually hear it like too many of us and myself included for a long time and still sometimes depending on how the feedback is is given it will change how i receive it of course but uh, but man oh man does it make a huge difference right in our in our growth and as you know when we look at it as as business folks right like you you own apartment buildings like let's imagine um three of your tenants showed up and said hey this thing is terrible um in the apartment building if you just went no it's not it's my apartment building it's awesome you're going to be losing some tenants right we need to be able to receive that feedback and go okay whether whether we like the way it was said or not like we got to receive it to be able to fix what the problems are to be able to move forward um so i I mean to me the wife like having that relationship is second to none like i mean you you have to have that in solid place um yeah i think let me step back a little bit you know what what you said too because you you understand that feedback is a gift but it's also you understand what the intention to begin with right like Mm -hmm. you're talking about the the you know your your residents in your you know apartment complex come to you I mean, you can say like, this is my baby. I'm going to take care of it. This is my business. This is the way I should be. But if you're really the intention, like you're serving your customer, which is your mm-hmm. residence, then your perception is going to be different. 
you, you're trying to see it from their perspective because they yeah. you're trying to serve them rather than just like no this is my business this is the way i'm supposed to run it just like that one too so it always goes in and hand with the feedback as a gift and also the intention what the motivation you're trying to do yeah for sure and it i mean um and that happens in life too, right? We need to look at what, like, not that our, our family is our customer, but if we look at it, like, what are they, how are they viewing this situation that I'm responding to? Exactly. Like, what is it that's actually happening? Um, but, all right. Well, speaking of the apartments, let me go into that a little bit too, and then we'll kind of um, uh, pull back in. So how I, I think I, I, uh, I've got here that 2019 is when you started kind of doing apartment buildings. Is that right? Yep. Yep. That's all right. right. So, so how did you go from doing Salesforce stuff to, you know what? I think I want to buy an apartment building. So, you know, um, I actually uh, was part of the, the dot-com and then um, era that went back bust many, many years ago. Uh-huh. Start, and then start looking into businesses and, you know, and then eventually I stumbled into Robert Kiyosaki book, right? Which that for that. Mm-hmm. Start buying an, uh, a turnkey, um, you know, a single family home. Um, it, it just basically is, is, is nice. Like you got a cash flow, but if you're doing it every two, three years to, to buy another, you know, um, turnkey out of state, that's going to be a little bit challenging. And, you know, and then, and then um, about five years ago or four years ago, maybe five years ago, I, I was actually working for IBM, so I traveled quite a bit, you know, Monday to Thursday. I started getting really tired of uh, traveling, mm-hmm. and my wife was actually was working, uh, operating a restaurant, too. Uh, she worked on a weekend, so you, 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 we don't really have a, qual- a good quality family time, given that I travel on weekdays, uh, home on, on weekend, and she has to work on weekend, you know. So I'm blessed with our 11-year-old son. The good quality time is almost as a family it's never got achieved mm-hmm. sunday we go to church at pretty much a whole day pretty spent there and we are volunteering so we started getting a burnout looking for businesses and every time we turn around it's always going to be going back to real estate and then i got an aha moment that was like reading you know one of the wheelbarrow profit books so like hey we got like a you know, one unit is going to be like a couple few hundred dollars so if you get like multiple units then it's going to be easier Right, start mm-hmm. looking into it, and as we we're reading the book, we just realized like this is a business that we actually can do, um, yeah. so we don't have to go far out of the tangent that we already did, and that's how we start jumping into multifamily though, um, start shifting our portfolio from single family and then jumping into multifamily after that. Awesome. Yeah. So, what was your uh, what was your first deal like then um, with that transition? It's actually our, our first deal was actually uh, owning 348 units in, in nice. Dallas. So, yeah, and, and, you know, just like a approximately, right? I mean, you and I are in the same mastermind. When we join, when mm-hmm. I joined that mastermind, I got connected from a network of people. That's how we got to uh, introduce when the team acquired that 348 units. I mean, for us, like, it was pretty daunting here, like yep. 348 units as a first deal. Uh, but that's a power of proximity when yeah. you work together as a team to take that massive deals. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we often say in, in that multifamily is a team sport and golly, is it ever a team sport, right? So, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of people that are, are, they feel daunted by just the fact of buying one house, right? But yet yeah. they, it's relatable. They're like, okay, I understand buying a house because a lot of people buy houses and I live in a house, so I can understand it. 
But buying an apartment building, like when I lived in apartment buildings, I, it never clicked in my head that, wow, somebody owns this apartment building, right? When I lived in a house, I talked to the owner, like it made sense. When I lived in yep. an apartment building, I just talked to somebody who had me fill out an application and then I moved in, you know? So like it, it just was never one of those things that clicked in my head, like, wow, somebody actually owns these. It wasn't until, you know, just like you, I started listening to a lot of those things and listening to Jake and Gino and um, that I was like, wow, that that guy's one of those guys that owns those apartment buildings that I lived in, you know, like I did, I didn't know this was possible. So it's like, what a, what a mind altering thing, right? Cause my first deal was a 62 unit and most people are like, what? But I had never even bought a single family house as a, as a investment yep. property. So, um, but no, that's, that's awesome. So, um, what kind of work did it take convincing your wife to jump into 348 units? It's actually, uh, you know, she was never interested in real estate, though, to be honest, though. She was just okay. like, hey, you know, I trust you. You know, as long as we're not losing money, then I'm happy, right? So, and then when I, yeah, I mean, she could probably just get tired and then of doing that, um, operating a restaurant on the weekend, she got to burn out. Mm -hmm. I, one thing I asked her, like, hey, I want you to read this book, Will Barrow Profit Book by Jake and Gino. Read it. And to my surprise, he read it over the weekend. And then maybe just like the click just because of Gino used to be a chef at a restaurant. Mm -hmm. And that clicked into her. Just the Monday morning, I remember that she just told me like, I like the idea. Let's do it. I said like, what? What happened? You know, like, I mean, it's like, I'm ready. Like, let, let's do it. Like, you know, what do you want me to do? Like, you yeah. know, like, are you serious? Like, yeah, let, let's, you know, let's, let's sign up, you know, and let's join uh, Jake and Gino and go from there. That's awesome. Yeah. So since then, she's, she's actually, uh, um, I asked her to quit her restaurant business and then yeah. um, she became an asset manager. So we got a few JV deals also under our belt right now since she's nice. asset managing those deals. Um, so that's pretty much, yeah, that's been uh, less convincing just reading a book over a weekend. That's what happened. That's phenomenal. Yeah. It was, uh, um, I think that if I were, to guess though that that probably stems also from the fact that you guys had a, a trusting relationship already and you guys had good communication um because that's something you mentioned like she's always kind of trusted you in doing that so um how much would you say that it was the book and how much would you say that like you guys have let me let me rephrase this question because that could go like i might be leading that question so um how have your guys' communication skills been over the years and how have you uh, helped them evolve? We've already talked a little bit about that, but um, uh, the communication between you and your wife over the last 25 years, how has that evolved and what, what, uh, uh, where would you say that has failed miserably for you and where has it gotten a lot better for you? Um, it's obviously it's growing because, you know, I've been knowing her as like, almost three decades now, actually mm -hmm. more than three decades now, right? Because I'm, I'm knowing her since high school's uh, pretty much. Um, like I told you before, like I, I probably, you know, spend more time with my wife more than my parents because I'm mean, a foreign student over here in Indonesia. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it evolves. Uh, we, we create a role of engagement, right? And we know that every time we, we, we there's a trust that we keep building uh, and the trust growing stronger over time at least from my perspective even that hey I'm, I'm i'm traveling i'm on the road you know as a consultant that's what i do uh, you know there's going to be some some level of trust needed because not knowing mm -hmm. your where your spouse is going to be you know a majority of the week so there's going to be some level of communication that need to be established and trust come with it you know so um for for 
I mean, I used to always, always my habit also when I, I travel, I always tell her, hey, I'm already arrived, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm checking in with, you know, with my, my wife and my son. I know, especially if I'm in the East Coast, I'm going to be three hours ahead. If I don't have any conflicting, I always make it a habit, like if my wife driving my son to school, that's where I usually call them and check up and them, like how things going, yep. you know, praying for over my sons, you know, and, and then, and then, you know, throughout the day when I lunch break, I usually try to call my wife and like, Hey, what's happening? How, how's it going? And then check in again in the evening. So make it like a habitual check in, not try mm-hmm. to check in, it's like communication, like, you know, how things going, anything will happen, anything that you know, want to talk about that, 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 uh, habit or culture or value or whatever you want to say, it just become embedded in our daily life. Yeah. Awesome. Um, how did that, you know, you chose tr- transition from IBM at one point to uh, Salesforce or was there some, uh, unless there was something in between, but how did the conversations go with those transitions? Um, Cause it sounds like the communication was always, always pretty solid traveling a lot having this, having that. Um, but how was the talk from the transition from IBM to Salesforce or whatever came after IBM? Yeah, so I, I'm, not, I'm not working for Salesforce. I implement Salesforce, but the company that I work oh, okay. for essentially have a local business model, so I don't require me to travel anymore. Uh, so obviously, um, it's it's it just like a it, it, it's it's great leap knowing that you know I've been wanting to do that. You know, still love what I do. It's a cons- in the mm-hmm. consultant fields. Uh, we don't have the you know the benefit of the traveling again. It's it's just a luxury. Mm-hmm. So, and, and given that my sons are going to be a part of the adolescence age where, like, you know, I want to be more present and helping out. So that's an easy choice. You know, when, when I say, like, you know, I'm going to be leaving IBM, I know it's a bigger company, but I'm going to be lo- working in a local consulting company, but I'm going to be more active on the day to day and presence here, um, you know, as, as a, in the family. Okay. Which I'm assuming your your wife was all about being you know having you having you home a little more and being a little bit more active in the family. So correct, yes. Yeah. That way, then going to be like be able to tag team, right? Like you know, for example, mm-hmm. like if there's a day they're going to be there's going to be in a meeting. So like I'm the one that will be, hey, can you drop up our sons to school or pick him up or thing like that? So yeah. it become like a tag team rather like a single parent majority of the week. Yeah. Or for her in this yeah. case. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like the, the then that the 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 communication side had been built up for quite a while so that when it came yeah. time to say hey i want to buy 300 uh 348 units um it wasn't like uh are you nuts like no like we we already have this trust we already know each other we already understand you know how how we're how we're thinking we already have the communication if this is what he wants then i trust i trust the route that he's going um yep now, does that does yep. that sound accurate or am i inflating it that, that's pretty accurate i think i think it's more like uh for this belief is coming from us, like between us, because we are the first first time we're gonna buying it. Like, wait yeah. a minute, you know, are we? This is too soon, too big, or, or yeah. what if, right? What if, what if? But we just basically, we we obviously with we with our coach, we talk about it. Sounds like pretty solid deals, and then we just decided to move forward over yeah. there. At least both of us already convinced enough from our coach mm-hmm. and talking with each other that this is a good, you know, the good direction we want to go. Awesome. Yeah, we. Uh, uh, I, I think that you know you you mentioned the the power of proximity earlier in the conversation, and I think that that makes a huge difference in in both. My wife and I didn't quite understand it. We've been both of us kind of like we uh, we are our our 
our group for the most part. We travel around the world all over the place with the military and doing all the stuff. So it was like a, um, you know, it's just her and I, right? Her and I against the world type of stuff, right? And then once we started, once I got into uh, like the Woodbrook Profits community with Jake and Gino and everything, it was, um, we actually flew out to Florida to sit down and have lunch with Gino because we we wanted to like actually know that these people are real like sure i listen to you guys on a podcast sure you guys tell me you've read you know you you've wrote books and that you've done these but i need to sit down with this person i need to like know who they are right so my wife and i and at the time we only had had um one kid uh but he was i mean very little um basically a baby we fly out to, to florida sit down um have lunch with him um and then it changed my world after that right because it was like well now i'm around these people that do this right that 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 know what it's what it's like what it means to you know buy apartment buildings so now i can communicate with them understand what they're saying understand their thoughts raquel started to really understand why it was that we you know we're getting involved in these things and now i'm in other masterminds that are like the same thing just larger business masterminds that are just like man this is like life-changing um and that's part of the reason as well like that i think about like this podcast right like if i could surround myself with other dads who are doing this doing this stuff like how much better can i be uh, by by bringing solid dads into my proximity um how much better of a dad can i be how much better of a business operator can i be with my kids if i if i surround myself by by folks like you who are doing this and, and you know um why i'm doing these interviews like it just to me it it, it makes a lot of sense to surround yourself um uh, I'll pause there because I have a tendency to talk a lot, but and, and pass it over to you for your thoughts. No, I, I completely agree, though. Especially, this is very true for men, right? Because I think, but yeah. like men is like an island. Like I have to, I'm the leader of the family. I have to solve everything by myself, and we forgot that, you know, we we are, you know, we are, we we are, uh, we need to build for our community. That's who mm-hmm. we are, right? We need to get uh, people that surrounding ourselves because we're not the only person that having that same problem i mean like if i'm struggling you know as a as a, as a father as a husband as an entrepreneur and as a w2 worker there's somebody else that's gonna have experienced the same challenge that i can learn yeah. from it and that's i'm really grateful that you actually you know having this podcast because people can learn from each other and grow from it you don't yeah. necessarily have to take every single value out of that but Filter out what's adaptable for you, what works for you, and adapt yep. it and grow from it. Yep. Well, they we used to say in the military is uh, chew the meat and spit out the bones, right? Like you don't you don't have to eat the whole rack of ribs. Like you don't eat the whole rack of ribs. You spit out the bones. You don't eat that. So if you're listening to this and you're like, man, that that spoke to me like right down to my core. Like, okay, great, take that, and move on. If something else I say, you know. If you're not a Christian, when we start talking about Christianity, well, maybe that's not. I mean, well, hopefully you listen to that a little bit more, and then we could we could talk to you about that too. But but if that's not your thing, then you know, chew the meat, spit out the bones, like move on, learn from what you're going to learn from. Not everybody, you know, to me, that's one of the benefits about uh, about GoBundance. One of the other masterminds I'm in is is we're around all sorts of people from all sorts of different um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for industries. So I if I'm just in a multifamily group which I love, 
then all I'm hearing about is multifamily stuff. But I might hear something from somebody who's in some other industry that you know um, runs runs a, a roofing company. You know, I may I may talk to my buddy Camille who um, was on the podcast recently. Um, uh, I may talk to him because he does it. You know, industrial roofing. Okay, well, he may be doing something in that business that would be amazing for me to implement in my business. But if I'm not thinking about it. If I'm not asking questions and being around it, then I'm going to lose out on it. I'm not, it's not, it's never going to happen. So, um, so definitely surround yourself, you know, with, with more, with more people and that are, that are stronger than you and in various different ways of life. So, um, I mean, the Bible tells us to to have many advisors. So, um, you know, definitely go, go forth and do that. So, um, but what's, uh, what's the plan? Do you have one or let me rephrase um, have you included your son at all in any of the uh, the business side of the house for the real estate? I did actually um, did a property visit a couple times. I include him, you know, in in nice. there. He actually attended the, uh, a boot camp with Jake and Gina, also nice. a couple a couple boot camps with them. Um, in fact, this is a funny thing is that you know about three years ago, uh, maybe two years ago. It was two years ago that he was asking for buying a, a van shoes, and I asked him like, you know, I'm going to buy you the van shoes, but I want you to reach that reach that for that for teens for me. I mean, he was only like 11 years old or 12 years old. He's not mm-hmm. even a teenager yet, and I want him to to read it that book. I mean, when he has a motivation, he, he again he read it chapter to chapter by over the weekend. Never happened nice. before. And he's very excited. And then I asked him, I tested him, like, so what is your, uh, what did you learn from the book? And he was able to, like, oh, yeah, asset and liability. Well, explain to me what is asset and what's liability. Well, asset mm-hmm. takes to put money in your pocket. A liability takes that the money out of your pocket. Then, then how are you going to do it? Well, we need to invest in asset. And that's how I will be able to engage in him and then explain to him and then start opening up, you know, um, about all this possibility and then he 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 realized like and he told me that recently like that i don't think i'm going to be able to become like an active you know investor you know like like what you and mom did he said okay if i'm going to be a passive investor it's like yeah it's like that's fine you know what Mm -hmm. do you want to be what are you interested in you know and start looking into all the possibility and and then you know i think it's it's part of the like engaging like to show him like what's possible out there it doesn't have to be following like our footstep yeah uh but you know I, i'm just glad that he was able to engage in like an uh, entrepreneurship uh, journey you know and then what he want to do in, in a conversation you know nice. as we engage yeah what uh did he have ideas of what he actually wants to do well being a teenager he always keep changing though i mean there one time yeah. he want to do i mean right now um He's interested in doing doing videos, uh, you know, like all the he's helping in the, in the church and as a volunteers, and also start doing some for people from different masterman part of. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now he's also like, you know what? That's that's good. I want to learn. Maybe I'm going to do like you know a little bit of you know side hustle, like dog sitting or, or house sitting a little bit, so I can some extra income, so I can you know invest in one of your deals eventually. Yeah, so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my nephew, I got him to invest in one of my deals. It's twenty bucks, right? I think I don't remember how old he was when he did it, but he, you know, 
he had his he gave 20 bucks to his mom sent sent it to me and I don't know, venmo or zell or whatever it was um and then i invested it into one of my deals so that way he could learn and we, i've talked to him about how the deal went and where the deal goes and um just just him thinking about it because i did the same thing for him i bought him rich dad poor dad for teenagers and i think he was probably i guess at the time maybe it was like three four years ago he's probably about the same age as as, as your son um and uh, so that got the, the the thought process going, and now he's he's just turned sixteen, um, and he just went and got his first job. And I sent him a message. I said, "Hey, I'm glad you get a job. Let me know if you want to start thinking outside the box. You know, because I don't obviously have access to him every day. I, we, he lives up in New York. I live down in Florida. Um, but it was like, what if you want to jump on a call? Let's chat about it, right? Like, let's figure out." what it what interests you because he's the one that that, like he just completely soaked in same thing as with your son uh with jeremiah like he just like read that thing cover to cover like was ready to go like i I like this this is great that gets me thinking um uh so i I look forward to continuing to engage with him because he wants to come up with some ideas you know so i even talked to some other folks inside of the the mastermind say hey you know what would you do if with your teenage son to get him involved in x y or z um you know, and, and of course the the normal, uh, which you know, I I can't say I honestly was thinking about when they said it, but once it was said, it was like, well, duh, like starting a lawn mowing business, starting a shoveling business for up there, right? So for them, like maybe a, a normal service care business, right, home care business, like I'm going to help with with your lawn mowing in the summer and your shoveling in the winter, and have contracts set up and do the whole thing and um, create an actual business um, out of this stuff. Yep. So. But to your point, like it doesn't have to be the same path that that you're on or the same path we're on, as long as they're thinking about those things uh, to yep. to to get uh, to to grow. And I think that's um, I think you're, if I were to guess by the by the sounds of things, is you're instilling that same discipline and and structure that was instilled to you onto your son, um, yep. especially if he's hearing that. So, um, uh, what have you done recently to kind of keep that? Uh, those ideas and thoughts flowing. I'm pretty sure we're about to have a visitor. Yep, we are. Uh-huh. What's up? <laughs> this is actually my niece. Oh, say hi. Say hola. <laughs> are you having fun? Yep. Just wanted to come and say hi, Tio. <laughs> Te amo. So yeah, that's my my brother in law's little little girl. One of one of his. T- so he has two girls and a little boy, and we have two boys and a little girl. So um, the the six of them running around this house all the time. Well, the five of that's them. Awesome. My little girl doesn't run, <laughs> but uh, the the five of them in this house. I mean, or six of them in the house. They just anytime we want to go out to dinner together, it's like we're well, table for ten, please. Like, and really, it's eleven because we have a we have an au pair. So we're like, can I get a table for eleven, please? But like, they just they're mind boggled. But. Um, but yep. no, I, I forgot what I was asking right before the, the cute interruption came in. I also forgot to be honest. Uh, no, no problem. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, with the, I think we were talking about, um, uh, oh yeah. What have you been doing to kind of keep that, that engagement going or what is your thoughts if, if it was recent to keep the engagement going with, with the, cause like you said, I mean, teenage boy, like it's going to ping, ping, ping. I, I certainly remember being a 15 year old boy and it's, yeah, yeah I think more than, more than just you know the idea of becoming like an entrepreneur or making monies right mm-hmm. i'm trying to instill like the sense of purpose right and i i think he, he got it because now yes. you know instead of just like making money he's just like earning a living he find like it's a sense of purpose like we, we like you know like i previously mentioned that we just come back from a mission trip he just opening up eyes for him and when he went to the remote islands like 
you know, kids is a little bit younger than him, it's maybe like, you know, eight, nine years old, that they don't even know their age just because yeah. they're the they basically they don't have enough education the whole mm-hmm. island. You know, and and they're going to elementary school just like for two hours every day and that's pretty much what they got. Imagine like, you know, you got a six years to graduate from elementary school and then how long gonna take you when you go to school every day for two hours. Right. Yeah. But that kind of thing. He just opened up their eyes, his eyes, especially like, you know, how can, you know, how can we help them more? Right. I think that that burned him more desire. Like I can awesome. do better so I can continue, you know, with my internal journey so I can bless other people instead of just like, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to become rich and wealthy and then live off passive income and, and so forth, you know, retire early. Yeah. That's, so that, that kind of yeah. thing that I want to guide him through that path like hey there's a sense of purpose that god already put in your life that you can mm-hmm. do something with your life no matter what you do there's something better that a greater calling that you can do that is phenomenal um i that's one thing that i i'll say that i i still struggle with a little bit personally is i was never an entrepreneurial type of person um or or i was and never it I never applied it in an entrepreneurial way because I didn't know that's what it was. Um, uh, but now I, I start to focus a lot on, okay, how do I get my kids to, to know about uh, finances better than I did? How do I get them to understand these things? Uh, but going back to that purpose, I think is, is huge. I'd love to dig into that a little bit more. Um, uh, recently, actually, I think it was earlier today, I was listening to uh, Ryan Pineda interviewing... Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. Um, that's going to drive me nuts. He used to be um, part of uh, uh, Dave Ramsey's uh, group. Anyways, uh, so they were—they he's doing an interview with him and talking about how how important it was to um, wherever your passion is, like wherever God has given you a talent, obviously to use those talents properly, right? And then um, in the direction that you know you're being drawn to, right? So, I mean, Dave Ramsey is one of those guys that. Um, He's got a talent to be able to teach people very well. And he yeah. teaches people about financial freedom. Anybody and everybody about financial freedom. Um, Ryan Pineda, the way he retargeted it was, okay, well, I'm I'm going after entrepreneurs to help them learn a little bit more about, about God, right? So um, he is very strong in the entrepreneur space. Um, uh, but he's also a, a, a Christian who believes that he should be reaching out to as many people as possible. So it's like, yeah. okay, well, let me reach out to that community I'm already a part of, that I'm already strong in, um, and and give back in a way that God would want me to do. Um, and I, like it was, it was speaking to me a lot more. And now here you are telling me again today, same day I'm day, like talking about the passion and, and and giving back. And that's something that I I need to do a better job with my kids um, is is showing them that and um, like. God has blessed us in, in ways that I would have never guessed would ever happen. And now what do we do with those blessings? Like who, like, um, and, uh, I, I'd love to, so I'm saying all that to say, let's go back to, um, the, the mission trip, right. Where, where you're like, what conversations were you able to have with him over there? What kind of conversations have you had since coming back that have been on that, on those topics of, of giving back and, and really pulling that passion out of him? So I think what happened was when we, we arrived in, in one of the, the villages on the first day, he just, yeah, I mean, we, the, the, we were trying to connect with the local kids, right? Mm-hmm. And the local people, obviously, as we are trying to set up for the event, for the medical services, uh, all the, the young kids, like we're talking about 14, 15 years old, including him, trying to mm-hmm. engage with the, the little one. 
over there, you know, maybe like nine, 10 years old uh, in terms of age, uh, trying to connect with them. Obviously, there's uh, some uh, language barrier to begin with. Uh, they're really fluent in Bahasa from people that were kids that are coming from the United States, even though they're Indonesian, was born in the US. Um, but they, 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 they just realized like there's a lot of gap. And then one thing that they finally were able to engage like, hey, you know, let's play soccer because everybody's almost everybody's mm -hmm. wearing a, a soccer jersey over there. It's so like, let's play soccer. And to their surprise, they only have one soccer ball for the whole village. And for them, it's like, wait a minute. I mean, he was looking at himself like, I got at least about four different balls here. I got yeah. volleyball, I got so soccer, I got, you know, you, you name it, basketball and, and so forth, you know. And they don't even have a ball, but they only have a single ball for the whole village. Like, you know, that's such a privilege. This is just like, you know, it's just a very disadvantage for them. They're like growing up, they don't have any education. They don't really have any access to... Um, medicine after the from the medical services right mm -hmm. and then they don't really expose to what the what the world is out there for them yeah because i i tell them like yeah for them because they don't really care about their age because they see living just like by opening up their eyes the moment you open mm -hmm. up your eyes i'm still breathing that's life to me and i close my eyes i died and that's the end of it because there's no really hope or anything outside there that's the reason why we, we, we want to engage with them and that there's hope, right, in Jesus Christ through a gospel. Mm -hmm. And so they can know that there's a, a, there's a purpose also that God created them for a reason, right? And they just click to him, like, maybe there's something that's a reason also when I go to mission trip that, you know, I find that, you know, there's a purpose that's something that greater than just like me just going to the trip, feel like an adventurous, mm -hmm. but there's something I can do more. To connect and impacting the people over there, um, you know. And one thing that's really cool about that one too, uh, on one of the trip from the one island to the island, though, we actually have to we, our boat, our general boat, uh, boat got stopped because it overheated in the middle of the the, the, the channel. We yeah. have to we have to call a different boat that's actually a speedboat, a faster boat, to make up the time. And in the boats, actually, uh, there's a girl that came in the part of the boat going to the direction of the island that we're heading. And she actually, I don't know how the girl uh, is actually DMing my son through Instagram. Nice. And, and then, and then she said like, you know, this is up to the crusade, by the way. He said like, what you guys did is pretty cool. I wish that one day that, you know, what you guys did through crusade, through medical services, I'm one of the, uh, the, the one of the pa local pastor's daughter who hosted your crusade. I hope that one day I can bring impact to my village and all other um, islands like what you guys did. And for, for him, that just, re you know, he's come to realization, like a small little thing that we did, it's bring an impact to a larger scale, mm -hmm. not just for the people that he touched or, or got touched on that day, but also to the impact for the next generation, which is in this case, the local pastor's daughter. That's yeah. very impactful. So awesome. she just said, like, you know what? There's something I can do more. And he actually looking forward for next year's trip already. Even nice. though he hasn't been announced yet. Yeah. Yeah. 
Awesome. So have you then included some of those uh, conversations like at the dinner table or at, uh, like I say at the dinner table, like we actually use a dinner table, like dinner at my house is, is hectic. So I don't know about at your house, but, uh, <laughs> but like sitting down at the, at the, the proverbial dinner table, like are, are those conversations that still come up since having that? Like um, what, you know, what are your plans with this? What are your plans with that as far as giving back? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll still, I'm still guiding him toward that. I think mm-hmm. the, the way he see it is not like a long term because we we've yep. been at this point right now. What he's thinking like I need to recruit as many people, my friend especially, to yep. get involved yep. to, the, to the to the next year trip to begin with. I think that that's the intention is going to be like recruiting people first. And, you know, I already start telling him like, hey, maybe you need to start, you know, start bringing in, you know a soccer ball. To every trip, to every island that we we gonna visit, it a small little thing, right? Because that, that kind of through sports, you can engage people with sports. Now we just not oh, just sure. playing sport with them, but you tell a story like, hey, you know, just like the soccer ball, when you play it, your intention, your purpose is to score a goal. Your life is also have a purpose. Mm-hmm. You need to find it yourself. How are you gonna find it? It's not just like playing soccer and keep passing at each other, but you're trying to score the goal. The goal. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to happen in your life. I've started to planting a seed in his life. Like, you know, there's many different ways to deeper level than just like engage with people at a superficial, but going deeper and guide them to say they can see it by removing themselves out of the box that they can see themselves from outside the box in. No, I've got another visitor. <laughs> Come here. Oh, she looks sad. This is this is the other niece. What's up? You want to say hi? Oh, say hi. You don't want to say hi? What'd you do to your finger? Did you cut your finger? Yeah, you got an owie? Me too, look. We're matching. (laughs) And that's the other niece. Hasta luego. Um, You know, it's... One one thing that if I try to tell people um, on the military side of the house is there's so many things that the military has taught us that we can use out outside of the military that people don't really think about. And as you were saying all that, I'm thinking to myself, man, just like if later on, just having this conversation with him, just be like, hey, you know, if he decides to go to entrepreneurship side of the house, if he decides to go down real estate side of the house, you know, one thing that we're, you know, we're always taught is, is we're not, we're not uh, asking for investments. We're giving an opportunity. Right. Um, and when, when you're giving an opportunity to somebody to be able to invest, like, like you're, you're talking to them as if like, this is a great opportunity. This is, this is something that you could do. And now he's out there trying to recruit folks to be able to go to uh, the next event, which is, like I'm giving you an opportunity to ex- like completely change your life by changing somebody else's life. Like you're going to make a massive difference, um, which honestly it like correlates perfectly with the real estate side of the house. Like in that, in that, um, you know, he's, he would be going out or, you know, uh, if we're doing syndication, you and I are going out trying to find investors that are going to like, we want to impact your life as an investor. And in return, you're going to be able to impact my life. You're going to be able to impact the lives of all the people that are living inside of our apartment buildings. Um, and like, what, what better way to do this? Like, that's why capitalism is so amazing. Free market capitalism is so amazing is we can make a huge difference in our life. That's why, you know, going on these missions trips is so amazing is we get to make a massive impact, impact in people's lives. And we've got right now at my church, everybody's coming back from their, you know, the summer's mission trips and all that type of stuff. Yep. And uh, there's been a lot of talk about like, man, I think my, I think I changed my life more than 
um, I changed anybody else's life. And like, what a, it's, I mean, I've done a few different mission trips and by far, like you come back with, with such a different, such a different mindset, such a different thought process. And it's, to me, the reason I was asking if you've had those conversations, for me, it's always, it's so easy to just get right back into the normal bits of our life, to get right back in and completely forget all of those experiences, completely forget all that stuff until one picture pops up and you're like, oh yeah, I remember that time that I played with that soccer ball. Oh, that was the only soccer ball they had. And that's it. But if we constantly engage that portion of our brain, like man, I would just imagine that it's going to be a lot, but hopefully I could do that with my boys is, is to keep those, those things on a forefront. Um, yeah, that's why I was asking no, if you had I, a plan or what you were doing. No, that, no, definitely. It's always going to be an ongoing conversation though, because I, when, when he was, when he went to the trip though, the, 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 one of the lead pastors for the film, like, Hey, you're going over there. You know, as a as a soldier of Christ, right? You, mm-hmm. You're you're coming with the mindset to serve. You're not coming over there as a consumer. Like this is not a vacation for you guys. You, you yeah. come over there to serve, right? So they kind of a, a soldier chip is what we call embedded in the in them. So I keep telling him like, we got to put embedded that soldier chip in in you. Mm-hmm. You know, and and then continue that because you don't want to fall back into all your routinism and then go back like, hey, yeah, you know, it was a good experience. So what? You know, yeah. you gotta, if you really, really desire that to bring more people after what you, you, you just said, like, you know, impacting you and then you feel that it can be impacting them, start planting a seed. And it's not going to mm-hmm. be happening like only one time, like, hey, you need to go. You need to draw a picture of, you know, why they need to go, right? Then you need to keep plugging in and do it yourself. You need yourself to be constantly ready. Um, so he he been talk, talking to to our our pastors too it's like hey i think we need to send another team next year mm-hmm. this the mission trip that we went actually was uh, sponsored by our church in la and we're mm-hmm. in san francisco so he'd been telling our pastor in san francisco now i think we need to send our team and i'm, I'm ready to to go also if you really want to sponsor this so he, he's trying to create you know his own team in this in that way forming his own yeah. team that's you know, awesome his friends too yep that's really cool. Um, is the plan to go back to the same place or somewhere else? Yes, uh, I think the way the the mission we call it island mission because we got a we got a, a boat actually two boats. One is just carrying all the the all the the, the human uh, the, the, the persons right, mm-hmm. um, and the other one's actually carrying the equipments with the truck. And the truck itself is a pickup truck that's actually like, modified and the. Um, you know, the pickup truck we open up and before that become like a stage. So it's pretty much nice. remote and you couldn't go to any remote islands though for that reason. So yeah, that, that, those two boats are still going to be the same area. Um, mm-hmm. they are, the Christianity is all over there is only 0.04%. So there's a lot yeah. of unreached people that never heard about a gospel before. Nice. Yeah, and I think that that is going to bring a different level of impact for sure for him to be able to go back to the same place, see what has changed in that last year, be able to provide something that he saw they were missing, and see the joy yeah. on their face that like wow we're actually providing something that they're missing. Not you know uh, not that the material things are the most important, but um, now when telling that story, that material thing, every time they see it, they're going to be able to connect it to whatever that story is that that you know like you were saying, connecting that uh, to to their life and what that means for. Um, for their life with uh, with Jesus, and I think that's a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal well, thing. One one thing that I you know want to add that one of his testimony though, because every time there's like a crusade that you know all the the, the youths are 
being challenged to pray, you know, during the, mm-hmm. the altar call. There's one lady who's actually speaking to her like, hey, you know, I don't have anything, but I want Jesus, what you said about Jesus. I think he's the yeah. answer for everything that I, I need. And he was, he, he was praying for that lady, and then he just like, an, so prov- the experience was so profound to him. So like, you know, we, we live in the things of abundance. We, I mean, we, in U.S., everything's always abundance. I mean, you, yeah. you don't, you know, you got, you got iPhone 1, and then next year you got another one, and you want to get another one. Mm-hmm. So this is people that live based on whatever they wear, whatever they have, it's pretty much whatever they, they own. And, and, and we're trying to find our satisfaction in our, you know, consumerism, our materials. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then you will never going to get fulfilled. And that's a, you know, when he, those testimony coming from his mouth, he just, like, you know, for me, it just like I found it like very profound at his mm-hmm. age, he found that, you know, experience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's, um, and, and how relatable what you're saying. I mean, like everything that we do right now is consumerism and we all get caught up in it. I think from time to time it's a, you know, um, it's tough not to, right. It's very tough not to, because everything we see is always consumerism, comparing ourselves to somebody else, comparing ourselves to what they have. Why don't I have this? Why does my friend have this? Why does that have like, and it just is mind boggling. But when you get that experience and you see what, uh, <laughs> No matter what somebody says about how terrible this country is, or how you know, you know, um, uh, disparate the the wage gaps are, and all the stuff, like we have an ama- like even the bottom one percent, the bottom ten percent in our in our country are still doing. And I'm not saying that 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 they're doing well comparatively to us or to something else. Like there's always room to for us to be able to give back in our country as well. But getting that perspective and understanding, man, like what they would do with the money that it takes to buy this iPhone, you know, like that probably a year's worth of salary just to buy this iPhone, you know? Um, But man, what there were times driving through Afghanistan um, uh, that people would come out of, out of caves, right? We'd be driving out in the middle of the mountains in the middle of nowhere in Afghanistan. And, People would come walking out of caves. That's where they live. That's all they know. That's all they've known their entire life. And you're like, man, like I, like what a blessing it is to have the things that we have. To walk into an air conditioned house. To walk into a heated house in the winter. To um, have the things that we have. And like what what perspective that that gives. So um, good on you for for bringing your your son out there to to you know uh, see the other side and understand where that all comes from. I think that's a um, something that that i hope sticks with him for a very 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 long time yeah no no, for sure thank you yeah um so let's go back to uh the business side of the house um what uh you know you mentioned him trying to kind of figure out um jeremiah trying to figure out the it was jeremiah right i want to make sure i'm yeah yes yeah um but jeremiah is trying to figure out um the uh, uh what what he's able to do to give back. So obviously right now he's he's kind of passionate about this. You guys just recently came back. How long ago was it that you came back from the mission trip? Uh, that was like at the end of July, though. Still, so it's still pretty okay. pretty fresh. Yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty fresh, yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, he's been back for a little over a month from that. Um, uh, so maybe not even enough time to really have the conversation. But um, uh, he wants to invest passively. You know, he wants to be a passive investor. What was it that he said that he, like... Or why, or did he not say that he wasn't sure he'd be able to do active like you and wanted to do passive instead? So I think after being to a couple of boot camps and, you know, a couple of masterminds um, event, we just realized like the amount 
even maybe get overwhelmed with the asset mm-hmm. management. Like everybody else, like if you know you don't know what you don't know, yep. then it could be overwhelming. You know, acquisition side, um, putting all the uh, all the ducks in a row for when you're doing asset management could be very daunting. Given like you know, forget about you know three hundred units or anything like that. Even for twenty units, if you don't know mm-hmm. what you don't know, then it could be overwhelming. So I think it just for him's like, yeah, I don't think I can be very active. But who knows? Down the road, we're gonna see it. Like every business they're gonna do, gonna be almost similar. He might change his mind. He just like you know, he just basically, if you treat it like a business, not like a hobby, then you see it that yeah. everything's almost similar in a yeah. way. Have you included him in any you know any of the underwriting that you've done, any of the you know business meetings that you guys have had during the apartments? So actually, uh, he he was two years ago. Was it two years ago? No, last year. Last year he was intern. He was take interning for Mike Taravella. I don't know if you yep. know. He's one of the coach with Jake and Gino. Yep. He was actually interning for for Mike Taravella though. So he was learning about underwriting. We um, we also teach him about underwriting a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, he wasn't really that much of interested in so much on the underwriting. Yeah. Is it going to be overwhelming? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Especially if you're if you're working with Mike, that that could easily, you know, like I'm I'm a I'm a pretty decent underwriter, and then you work with him, and he like the spreadsheets that he uses and everything. Like I've I've even adop- like I almost solely use the spreadsheet that he uses now, just because I I love that that spreadsheet. Um, but it can be very overwhelming and very daunting. And like, whoa, I don't know about this, you know. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, that it, it can be, it could be something else, but, um, but yeah, the, like I try to bring my kids in on, I mean, they'll, you know, like I told you before we started recording and like anybody who's listened to more than one of these podcasts, the boys will come in randomly, um, and just show up and, you know, maybe they're listening to me chat with you. Maybe they're listening to me talk about, um, an apartment building, you know, I've brought them up to, we've got an assisted living facility up in Atlanta. So that brought them up there and walked to that, that property and showed them what it's like up there doing all that. And, um, so, I mean, for me constantly including them and, you know, they're the, you know, I, I think that's finding their niche. I mean, there in general, not not my kids. My kids are too young to find a niche necessarily in in business at eight years old, you know. But uh, but finding their niche is going to just be you know exposing them to all the different all the different opportunities, you know, and seeing seeing what actually fits, you know. Maybe he maybe he realizes, boy, I really love like the actual overarching business plan of of how you guys you know run this thing, and I think I could do that in you know um, underwater basket weaving. I can make a business out of underwater basket weaving and run that and whatever it is, you know. Um, so. Uh, the exposure, I think, is going to be huge. So I, I think it's awesome that he did some Absolutely. internship with Mike. That's that's phenomenal. What's next on the exposure list for him in business? Um, well, I don't know. I mean, to be honest, though, because given that I just want to guide him because things keep changing, given that yeah. he's a teenager. I mean, literally, when I pick him up on, on Wednesday, just like, hey, you know, my, my friend just told me about rover like what's rover like oh it's an app where you can do dock sitting and house sitting mm-hmm. like that's pretty cool because i can do homework and so that page like really like <laughs> like i want to i want to try that one like okay yeah all right um so i basically you know i, I just want to get in and mm-hmm. pretty much in in the exploring what's out there what's available out there and then and then guide him and then to be the best is what you can you can be yeah you know awesome for the time being 
I think you're uh, by the sounds of things doing a pretty solid job. So uh, well done. I love I love hearing hearing the stories of how it's all how it's all getting done. So um, if you were to go back and and correct um, and maybe that's the wrong word. If you were to go back and um, whisper in your ear at some point something to say, hey, th- try doing this instead um, when it comes to uh, raising your son. What would you What would you go back and whisper in your ear? You know, four or five, ten years ago, whatever it is. I think I would listen to him more and engage in conversation rather than driven by my emotion. Because mm. uh, many times it's just like jumping to conclusion without asking why you're doing this and then engage in conversation. Because um, we feel like that's the only, sometimes we feel like, you know, that's the only way to do it without asking a reason. But as an adult, you know, there are many different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a reason behind it why. Um, you know, some, you know, a kid doesn't want to do it maybe because he's timid. And maybe it's just his personality is not quite there yet. And maybe he's so afraid or scared to do it. And it's our job, you know, especially me as a father, that, you know, I need to be able to guide him and navigate through that, um, and that, that emotion with him mm-hmm. to take him. Maybe he was right. Maybe he has a right to, to be feared for whatever reason. Yep. Maybe he has a right to be scared for whatever reason. But it's my job as a dad that need to be able to navigate him so, you know, he, he can manage that emotion. Hmm. I love that. Yeah, the, the listening more um, and engaging more, I think, is uh, something that I, I was told early on and i'm very glad that i was told that early on i still suck at it sometimes but um you know it's uh but man it's i I don't think that you can go wrong with that i think that's a would be extremely valuable advice to to pass to yourself and anybody else um just today you know as you were saying that it it reminded me of uh, we're doing some uh some school work with with adam and he had to figure out which one of these three maps had the most detail in it and um uh it was actually of, of San Francisco, like the, the way the book had it broken down. It was like a zoomed out version where you could see some of some of California, some Oakland there and some various different spots. And it zoomed into a little bit more of San Francisco, the actual Bay Area. And then it zoomed in even more on this, this you know, subsection with some streets and everything. And the right answer, like, like there's more detail, like in the small zoomed in where you can actually see the individual roads and all this stuff. Um, but he picked the one in the middle. And I was like, in my brain, I was like, uh, how is that possibly the more detail? And then I stopped myself literally like I, I, I would imagine my face looked something like it just did a second ago. Uh, but I stopped myself and I said, I'm, let me ask, let me ask what his thoughts were. Right. Because what if my son was thinking, well, actually this looks like more detail because I can see where the water actually comes in over here. I can see how this is over here. So I can understand where the, where this yeah. actually fits inside of um, the States a little bit better. And like, if I don't understand his perspective, then I'm then I'm losing out on on a majority of the education and conversation that I could be having. So I just stopped and had him explain where his where his brain was and how how it was going. And then I, I was like, all right, now let's let's chat about what the book says is the right answer because that's not always the right answer. But um, let's kind of go through this. So uh, yep. just today I was doing that same thing. Like like uh, let's let's have this conversation. And to me that's always important. My son, um, my sons. I, I've always told him. My dad told me when I was a kid that. Um, I would always ask why, 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 why? And it would drive my dad's friends crazy. It would drive my dad crazy too, but he's the one who told me to do it, right? So, um, but he was like, you tell them, that's how little boys learn. Um, and that's the same thing I've passed on to my sons. Like, ask me why at every opportunity, because I'm a big 
proponent of asking why. Um, like, why is it that we're doing this instead of that? You know, because if this is only because this is what we've always done, you know, then that's that's not a good reason. Like, and I need to know if the, if that's the why. Um, uh, so it's uh, I think that that's valuable advice for sure. Um, I'm going to spill that from from you then in this case here, asking why. Yes. Oh, I love asking why. Um, and, and that might be one of the reasons I'm not in the military anymore because the military is not a big fan of why they're a big fan of yes, sir. No, sir. Roger that, sir. Like <laughs> where I'm like, eh, but that doesn't make sense. And they're like, yeah, but you're going to do it. And so, you know, it doesn't, didn't seem to fit my lifestyle anymore. I was, <laughs> but, um, but so, um, with your, with your wife, what kind of conversations have you had with your wife about, um, uh, you know, whether it's difficult conversations, especially if they're difficult conversations, um, have you had with your wife about, um, raising your kids? Where have you guys had disagreements and how have you guys kind of worked through, um, those disagreements in raising your son? Um, things more so much on the, uh, the way we treat each other, right? Because pretty much, you know, our kids, they, they basically, they, they just basically copy your behavior, right? Mm -hmm. So I can be more, paying more attention, the way I, I respond, the way I talk, uh, you know, to my wife, and the same thing with my wife talk to me. So I think it's been being more mindful about that one in terms of like how we treat each other. Because sometimes small little things can add up, and then before you know it, it got picked up, you mm -hmm. know? by by our son because he just copied yeah. you know and sometimes the the behavior that we don't like is actually we got nobody else to blame except you know when we look at ourselves in the mirror it's ourselves mm -hmm. so i think that that thing becoming always a, a reflection um and a constant reminder to each other like you know how we how are we gonna create a value in a family you know, uh, in some of respecting and communicating with each other in this case. So do you guys, have you guys had uh, to kind of um, step on each other's toes in that, in that sense? Like, Hey, you're, you're, you're reflecting bad behavior for our son. Um, and, and if so, how did that, how did those conversations kind of, kind of go? Um, it, it's on and off. It's not going to yeah. be like, hey, every Wednesday or schedule or something like that. <laughs> of course, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> you know, it just it just happened, like you know, hey, you know, but but my I, I, I give credit to my wife, but she's gracious enough that, like, you know, and and when she understands me well enough that, like, you know, there's a good moment that can talk to me that can speak mm -hmm. to me, she'll, uh, you know, she used that opportunity to to discuss, yeah. and I need to be gracious enough to see it again it's like a it's a valuable uh, feedback that i have to reflect you know at the end of the day um what is the motivation right if i understand the motivation is not trying to make me look really bad you know uh, but it's just trying to make this family keep floating and then keep going and growing then i need to take that feedback and grow mm -hmm. out of that too you know, and sometimes it's pretty tough, pretty challenging, especially an ego as a pride as a man, as a husband, you know, as a leader, whatever you want to call it, right? But that's uh, if you see the intention and the motivation, then you you gotta you gotta suck it up and then, yeah. and then go from it. 
one one disagreement my wife and I had was um, it didn't take me long once we had kids. But we, before we had kids, we had talked about like I grew up in uh, public school, she grew up in private school, and it was like I told us no way. Like I I think that public school prepared me greatly for um, quote unquote the real world um, and when I joined the military. Right? I mean I. I'd already been to parties with with drugs. I'd already had a bunch of friends who'd gotten arrested for drinking. I'd already had like there wasn't much I had not been exposed to yet. Um, so you know, I already knew some left and right lateral limits. I knew where I needed to go. I like, I mean, I, I it it felt like it prepared me very well. My wife grew up in in private school, completely different upbringing than I did. Um, but I also grew up being able to be miles away from my house, literally miles away from my house as a you know. 10, 11 year old, just kind of running wild, doing whatever, um, you know, that the typical latchkey kid in those times, um, where she was not, she grew up in a larger city, um, uh, where like, you, you're not miles away from your house. That's just, that is not going to happen. Like there are a lot more people in this neighborhood than where, where I grew up, you know? Um, so we had to have, and we still are having a lot of conversations and, and trying to figure that out. Um, but again, it started with the base of respect for each other. Um, that got us to the point where it was easy for us to have this conversation. I did not agree with her at all as far as like the private school. The second we had a kid and I started looking at schools, I was like, nope, private school. You're totally right, Raquel. I am completely wrong. Like there is no way I'm sending my kid to public school. Um, and like, what a world of difference. And if it wasn't for her exposure and having those conversations and being open to it, there's no way I would have ever done that. It's just like, nah, private or public school is just fine. But man, it's, uh, but again, having that respect for each other and knowing like that you can go to each other and have those conversations, I think is, is by far the biggest, because it doesn't turn into a huge, a huge to do because you guys have already established that we can have those conversations with each other. We can do those things. So, um, you know, even if you, even without a specific example from either of us, it's, it should be obvious, have the good, have the solid, comfortable conversations with each other early and often so that the hard, uncomfortable conversations can be had easily as well. Oh, absolutely. I think creating a rule of engagement is also pretty crucial, right? In your oh, you mentioned that earlier, and I wanted to go back to it. Yes. Yes, you mentioned ROE before, the rules of engagement. Talk to me about that. So for us, like, you know, so, I mean, even during our, you know, when the beginning of when we got married and toward the end of the, our uh, dating relationship, though, we started creating a rule of engagement. Like, number one, I mean, we, we did settle up, you know, we have a, a disagreement or conflict, we finish it up, and that's it. This is the end of the chapter. We're not going to even open it up. This is the ghost book, pretty much. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we've seen that so many couples that basically, you know, when they open up a disagreement, argument, they just open it up all the past history, like the things that happened yeah. like many years ago or even last week, thing like that. I think we became, you know, We've seen enough that we figured out, like, you know, rule of engagement, like, hey, when we have an argument, once we settle, this is the end of it. We're not going to bring it up again. I think that's that's pretty crucial for us. Because otherwise, we're going to bring it up to all, like, hey, your mom did this, your parent did this, (laughs) you know, my my parent did this, and so forth. Like, hey, no, this is just us, right? We settle it down once we're all done, move on. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's extremely... Man, that is one thing that that I think is uh, once once you've established that it's over, then it's it's over. Like, be done with it. Why drag it out? Um, because there's um, uh, there's always the 
you're upset at me because I did not do, and there's a, a wild example, this would never happen in real life, that I didn't unload the dishwasher in a timely manner or load the dishwasher properly, right? And all of a sudden, it turns into this huge conversation about what happened last year. And it's like, man, if you guys, it, if you've had the conversation last year, it wouldn't be a huge deal right now because of the dishwasher. Like, it, like you, you have to get through those issues. Um, and that's one thing that I almost to a fault have done with my wife um, is if there is something there, I will pick and pick and pick and say, now we, we are getting to the bottom of this so that we can call it good and be done with it. Otherwise, it's only going to swell yeah. up inside of each other. Like it's gonna be, it's gonna be bothering me that I feel like it's still swelling beside of you. It's gonna be swelling inside of you, so you're gonna be angry at me. And then before you know it, I unloaded the dishwasher incorrectly. And by the way, you did a horrible job last year when you picked the kids up because of X, Y, and Z. Well, son of a gun, you should have told me last year. I've been doing the same thing for the last year, you know. But have the conversation and get get through it. Then once it's over, it's over. We don't hold grudges. Absolutely. So. Yep. Yep. Man. Yep. I love that. Um, I think that's a solid rule of engagement for for that, and I think that I mean, honestly, it can go with any one of our relationships in business relationships in our kids in relationship with our kids. Like, if there is a problem in the business relationship, talk about it in the in talk about it with that person and make sure that it's out there in the open. You know, my my business partner Markion is huge on that. You know, he he talks about uh, making sure that like if there is a problem, if something pops up, the first thing you need to do is get on the phone call with that person. Like not a text message, not a telegram message, get on a phone call. That's the only way you're going to be able to get to the bottom of what's going on is to actually communicate what you're feeling, communicate what you're seeing, communicate what you're like. Otherwise, I can read a text message and I can read it 15 different ways. And it may not be meant any of those 15 ways. But if I get on a phone call, I can actually break through that and understand what it, what it looks like. No, absolutely. No. Yep. You're absolutely right. Man, it, uh, to me, the... the the conversation with the with the wife is by far again you know god wife kids so get that get those those first two relationships right and man does that help out with the kid side of the house too but hey i want to ask uh first oh sorry go ahead okay okay um no i was just um trying to see if there's anything else that you wanted to cover um anything that i may have missed what uh anything any thoughts that you've had throughout this um questions you have for me anything no, not, nothing. No, I, I think, you know, I like what you ask, you, you give permission to your son, to your, your kids who ask like, why, right? I oh, think yeah. I want to start challenging my, my sons like, hey, don't be afraid to ask me why, mm -hmm. you know, even if I, if, you know, maybe I, I maybe, maybe give me a reasoning also why, you know, I, I tell you to do that to begin with. Maybe it could be a, my stupid idea to begin with and it, yeah. you know, nobody challenging that, you know, and I, I like that one though. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's been huge for me with the boys, um, uh, and I try to explain why I'm asking them certain things at the beginning too. Like you just said, like, "Hey, I need you to do this," and and rather than having to them to even have have to ask why, I'll try to throw the why out at the beginning, um, so that that they understand and they're like, and I think that gives a little bit more buy in for them as far as like, okay, now like because I know why, it's so much easier for me to just go do this for you, Dad, like it just it allows them that opportunity to really connect with the reasons behind it as opposed to just well i was told to do so roger that sir and then moving on you know and i don't uh, that doesn't <laughs> seem to work very well so um authoritarianism does does work from time to time but it's not going to it's not great for good long-term lasting relationships so yeah uh, i agree but 
Hendra, I, Hendra, I really appreciated our conversation. Thank you so very much for jumping on. Um, I had an absolute pleasure chatting with you. I, uh, I'm positive other folks are going to get something out of this. So, um, if somebody wants to reach out to you, maybe they want to invest with you. Maybe they, maybe they want you to implement Salesforce for them. Uh, what's the best way for somebody to reach out to you? Yeah. So they can connect with me through my, uh, LinkedIn or my Facebook, Hendra Tambunan. And I'm going to give you my, my phone number also 510-270-2920. You know, uh, we can put it in your uh, podcast notes and then uh, I'll be happy to help anywhere I can. All right. Not very many people will throw their phone number out on a podcast. So good on you. That's uh, that's awesome. So, all right. Well, uh, the benefit is, is I only have like 10 listeners right now. So, you know, that's, that's good. But <laughs> well, the, the funny thing is also sometimes I put the phone number and nobody reach out at all. I mean, you know, yeah. that, that's, they're missing out on that one too. So this yeah, is uh, just, I'm trying to help each other pretty much. Yeah, you're not wrong. You know, I've I've put my phone number on multiple podcasts, and it's only a handful of people have ever reached out. I think it makes perfect sense to do it. We actually hired somebody at ADPI because he put his phone number on something, and we were able to reach out to him. Like, had a quick phone call, brought him in, and he he's been phenomenal. Um, uh, I loved him so. Um, anyways, thank you so much again, Hendra. I greatly appreciate it. Um, I I look forward to uh, to hopefully meeting you in person, whether it's at a, a Jake and Gino event or somewhere else. Um, but thank you for everything you're doing. Uh, well done on on bringing the kiddo out on uh, uh, on a mission trip. I look forward to hearing about the next one where he you know probably brings some soccer balls and some friends friends along with him. So uh, thank you for sharing with us, and uh, we'll chat with you later. Thank you for having me on. Thank you so much for listening to the Biz Dad Podcast. We hope you found some value in your time here with us, and we look forward to bringing you the next episode. If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe and share so you and your friends won't miss our upcoming episodes. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Rumble, where we continue these discussions and share more valuable content. Be the dad you know you need to be and run your business in a way you're proud to share with your kids. Keep crushing it.